When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Kyrie, My name is Ben Vallis, a.k.a. Brutal Gash. Joining me on this fine day all the way from New Zealand, it is Joe, a.k.a. Nose Grows McFly. Joe, how's it going? Wow, way to bring the energy, Ben. <laughs> it is very <laughs> early here. <laughs> it is so early. Just so you guys, just so you Yankees know, Ben is Ben has gotten up. We must have got up at like 3 a.m. Aussie time. Yeah, alarm was set for 2:55. Got to see all the the pregame stuff. Got to see Scal's interview with with Coach Stevens. And and it is now probably 10 past six Australian time. Uh huh. Yeah, I've got got my coffee. I've got my hot cross bun. Well, all good to go. <laughs> Slightly less of a sacrifice over here in the Tasman. Um, for us, is a 5 a.m. tip-off, which is actually fine because 5 a.m. is not an like that's not an abnormal time for somebody to be awake. Yeah, you know, like it's early, but like you can do it and function. Um, and then you just often, if it wasn't if it wasn't um, Easter Monday, we would just be rolling right into a workday, which is actually quite quite a nice way to start. But um, anyway, Ben, I'm just impressed with your energy levels, bro. Oh, well, we'll see how we go. It's it's early days. Um, it's early days. It is. It is. This will be a short podcast though, for for obvious reasons. And and, and coming up on the show, we'll do a, a quick post game slash post series pod. We'll do the series. We'll do game four, which has just concluded, and and maybe even the upcoming series against Milwaukee, unless the Pistons do something uh, unworldly. Uh, Joe, like you said, it's quite early here, so I am a total zombie. So I'm just going to throw a bunch of questions at you and I guess lean pretty heavily on your answers to attempt to keep this one interesting for for the The people out there. The answer's always C. Which, (laughs) by the way... Just occurred to me that would make a way better playoff hashtag than and cuss cries. cries. The answer's always C. The answer's always C. Yes. <laughs> Not bad. I like it. Um, all right. So this is the this is the first time we've spoken, Joe, since the playoffs started. Um, is this all of a week ago? Yeah, well, it's right. been a, it's been a quick uh, four games. Is this how you expected the series to go? Uh, I thought we'd probably win in six, but um, yeah, I guess I expected the, the the tone of the games to be what they were. Like nothing felt too surprising. It was a pretty easy one to get a feel for. Like I, I saw some tweet 
Um, somebody said it just sort of felt like there were four games that were basically exactly the same. Mm. Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> you know, and it really was, eh? Like they were, they're pretty indistinguishable from one another. Um, looking back, especially with this amount of sleep deprivation, Ben. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was, uh, it was definitely the most stressful sweep in, uh, in recent memory. And I think on the, on the commentary, they were saying that the last sweep for the Celtics was back in 2011 against the Knicks. That one had, had a lot more fun. Zero recollection of that series. I, I, I recall Absolutely enjoying it. Zero. This, this one, all the games were quite close. Um, and, you know, I think it was game two. We went into the fourth quarter down 11 and, like, it was quite a stressful experience, even though it was a sweep. Did you did you feel that way at all? Or were you pretty confident the whole way through? Nah, I felt pretty confident the whole way through. <laughs> Good for I, you. Um, I sent you that... I see that message sometime in the second quarter when after Rosier had that three, it really felt like we could have um, felt to me like we were on the verge of just blowing the game wide open Yeah. at that point. But then um, it sort of felt like those ticky tack offensive fouls um, sort of seemed to sap our momentum. And then, and then we were sort of back in a game. Um, but no, no, I wasn't too worried. We, we've been, if not, if not a vastly better team, a clearly better team. Like, there's a clear edge there in every game that we had. We we're always just going to score more points than they were. Yeah, absolutely. On the on the refereeing, did you like? Did you think the refing in in this game four was noticeably dodgy? Like, there's a lot of con, you know conspiracy theorists out there, sort of you know NBA are, are trying to extend the series, you know, via the referees and these these dodgy foul calls. Do you do you buy into that at all? I do feel like I feel like um, the pace has got a f- slightly friendly whistle tonight. Like there was sure. one play that didn't like it was it was maybe there's maybe five minutes left and um, I'm, I'm just, it, it was a deflected ball and um, it went out of bounds. It was a pacer that threw it and it looked to me like it came off a pacer and bounced out. Kyrie was signaling. Kyrie was the only Celtics guy who was like, oh, it's ours, it's ours, it's ours. Yeah. And from my vantage point, it, like it's, it struck me as odd that that wasn't sort of checked out. But then also the flagrant, I mean, we're probably on opposite sides here. Like I sort of feel like that was, I don't, I mean, I know he had his head in the letter of the law is that it's a flagrant, but I sort of felt like that was a bit hard on, on Corey Joseph. Right. I thought that either there was a pretty legitimate contest you know, and Tatum's head just happened to get in the way as opposed to him being a headhunter. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, you know, you know me. I'm a, I'm a total fanboy. Um, I, I if just that felt... had happened to me in a game, I wouldn't be like, that's a flagrant, get out of here. I wouldn't have been up pushing and shoving, you know, like that's the kind of the, the rule of thumb I, I kind of take on these things. If I felt like it was unfair, like if, if it was in a game and I was hot about it, then it's probably flagrant, but like I wouldn't have felt hot about that. I don't think in a game. I, I feel like because of the I, like myself and a lot of Celtics fans are maybe a little overly sensitive to um, like in the air <laughs> fouls after the Hayward situation, and you've got to be very careful with infants' heads too, don't you? They're still <laughs> that's right. Grown in skulls. The skull is still forming. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely thought I felt like that was a flagrant, and I, I just I really wanted us to tie up this series because of what we've seen from the Celtics so far this season. 
I was just my mind was taking me to some dark places like we'll lose this game <laughs> we'll go back to Boston we'll somehow lose that we'll come back to Indiana with the momentum swinging their way and and then we could lose the series so um I'm just glad to see that we wrapped it up and and that flagrant seemed like a turning point like I don't know if we really necessarily gave the lead back to Indy from that point onwards it really no, seemed we like you're a, right we actually we took the lead on that play yeah. you're right um, and then um, I think there was a really good look at it. Rosier had a look at a three on the end of that. Um, I think it was Rosier. Someone had a really good look at a three after that. So it was, no, it was Kyrie. It was Kyrie. Yeah. So it could have been like a five point position. Yeah. That, that, I mean, it was going to happen one way or the other. You know, like he should have finished that. Like that play should have been an and one. Sure. Like I, I really felt Tatum. Tatum sort of slowed down. Like he was, I don't know what he was doing. He should have just quicked it to the rim. Like he really put the brakes on. Maybe he was looking for the contact. Um, but to me, he should have finished that. Um, but you talk about like the nervousness. And to me, like this is my, the most encouraging part of this series is people are sort of spinning it like oh the celtics they're not really um they're not really dominating it's just indiana and i'm like the the trouble with this team through the year has not been that it's been unable to blow teams out like it's done it's blown teams out a hell of a lot that's why it had such a healthy points differential the issue for this team has been like can it win close games yeah can it like can it like dig it can it get out of its own way when things start to go a little bit wrong Mm mm-hmm and and it was just a lot of that during the series. Like maybe maybe you have a slightly wider margin for error with any like when they go through their inevitable cold spell, but um, we we forced some of that. Like we we good defensively. Um, yeah. So so I was just I was encouraged by the fact that we were able to win close games. Yeah, absolutely. And the the defense during this season, the, the series rather, was like consistent. It's been an inconsistent season for the Celtics, but you know, if there's one measure of consistency through this series, it was absolutely the defense. Like I, I know, you know, we were saying that the Pacers don't exactly have a strong offensive team, and particularly with Depot out for the rest of the the season. Um, but it just seemed like we had the clamps on for the most part. And if we did relax a little bit, it seemed like we were in control of when we wanted to turn that back on and, and sort of take control of the game and, and thus the series um but yeah you're right i mean moving moving forward the margin of error is much smaller so so on that does this series anything you've seen this series change the way you feel or alter the way you feel about this this upcoming series against the bucks um i okay so i feel better about the celtics but um I don't know, Ben. How, it, it, this, how you feel about the series is almost like how you feel about the Bucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you feel about the Bucks? Well, it's almost like we haven't been able to watch the Bucks, really, if you know what I mean. Because yeah. I mean, if you think our matchup against the Pacers was um, had a lower degree of difficulty, then you know this this Bucks Pistons series is, is kind of a joke. It's like a preseason showcase. Um, so. I don't know. In terms of watching their tendencies throughout a series, it hasn't really been a good like eye on on the Bucks and and how they might how we might how we might match up against them going forward. It's just they're just kind of going through the motions and putting up points and easily running over the Pistons. Um, how do I feel about the Bucks based on the regular season? Um, slightly terrified, to be honest. Giannis is arguably the the regular season MVP um, and is very difficult to guard. Um, and they've got just enough decent role players that even if you, you know, 
quintuple team him <laughs> he's going to be able to dish it off to someone who can do the scoring whether it's Bledsoe or Middleton or, or something like that and coach Bud is a formidable coach it's not going to be the same coaching we went up against this time last year in the first round against the Bucks. so of all the teams that we would have to go through to potentially get to a title including the Warriors I, I find the Bucks to be probably the the most terrifying well I, that, that's interesting I mean I sort of feel like just league-wide this still hasn't entered into people's imagination really the idea that the bucks could be you know hoisting the trophy at the end um and and that i keep coming back to this idea that this they're this hidden in plain sight like juggernaut Mm -hmm. you know it's sort of like we i sort of feel like nobody's taken them seriously solely because they haven't done anything yet right like they haven't got a history of but a team is dominant man <laughs> yeah it is really dominant i i feel like if we win the series then the celtics you know this is me going back on myself a little bit you know if they win the series that's an awesome achievement right like if we get out of the series i absolutely back us to get to the finals oh totally yes and in that sense it makes this upcoming series so exciting like it's it's gone from almost no stakes to like everything is at stake like this is a, a huge potential like pinnacle point of this entire season for the celtics yeah even in itself just beating this bucks team is actually a really great accomplishment you know like we sort of forget that every series win that you get is something like it's not it's not um it's not like it just disappears into nothing you know like you've got to actually like if if we beat the bucks that's a really great result and it would be even if we were the two seed and had had the same sort of season that the raptors have had sure yeah you know like um the bucks are really really freaking good man um but I think we can. Like, we've played them, we've beaten them, played them tight, and they beat us pretty good in that game around Christmas-ish time, right, I think. They beat us pretty good at the at the Garden one time. Yeah, and then there was that game later in the season. It might have been the last after time we played them. Yeah, First and, game after the break. Yeah, and, and Kyrie didn't play. And, yeah, no, no, and, Kyrie, played, Kyrie played in that one. Remember, he missed the, um, he missed that, like, runner, like, to tie, oh, yeah. tie the game up. Okay, I must be thinking about it. that weird thing where, where the Bucks had, there was a jump ball with like 0.2 on the shot clock. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, we, we played them closely. It was a very competitive game and, you know, they probably looked like the better team all season, but we've, we've definitely um, showed up against them a number of times, which is promising. A uh, user on the post-game thread, D2 or 59, writes, will Hayward and Tatum carry their good form to the Bucks series? Which, t- which tweaks, rather, will be needed in our offense? Um, and to add to that, like we saw um, a, a, a different Tatum in this series, I think is a, is a notable yeah. takeaway from it than what we were used to in the regular season. And particularly in this last game, like Gordon Hayward, I've got his stats up here, seven for nine from the field, hit all of his threes, all three of them, and a team high 20 points. Maybe would have been more promising if we'd seen that form of Hayward all series, but it was timely given that like Kyrie didn't play his best game and nor did Al. Um, so do you think Detour has got a point here in asking this question? Could could Tatum and... It sounds corny to say, like, could Tatum and he would be the difference? But, like, seriously, like, if, if they're going to play to that level, like, that could be something going into a battle against the Bucks that we haven't had typically all season so far. Um, I, I sort of feel like everyone individually has been rounding into, the, into some sort of form, mm. right? Even if maybe the team 
hasn't like all of our main guys have had good stretches over the last month really right would that be fair mm -hmm. um in terms of like what do we do different offensively uh, i still think like that there was a play we ran maybe two or three times um pretty successfully it got um it's the one where like um where where gordon and al are at the horns like they're on the elbows and then Kyrie um does a pick and like a like he does a pick and roll or and he gets a handoff and then gordon like he'll do a pick and roll with al and then um gordon will gordon will grab it from that from al and curl around and al will pop to the top of the key mm -hmm. um like that sort of play like i sort of feel like we're gonna see a lot more of those three guys working together that's what i feel like I, you know i'm i'm I feel like Hayward's proving me wrong, which is great. Um, and I think we'll see an increased um, amount of responsibility for him. I think uh, Hayward's, like, when Hayward's playing well, he's a better all-around player than Tatum. Like, he's a, he's, he is a more complete offensive player. He's not loose with the ball. He's a really good passer. Um, he's not quite the shooter that Tatum is. Um, I sort of feel like, yeah, we're just going to see more of, of Hayward and that secondary playmaking well yeah he's he's like a, he's a jack of all trades i think i've said this before he's like a hawford in small forward form like just kind of mm -hmm. does everything good but nothing great that's probably underselling him like he he is a great player but um he's like a he's he's a swiss army knife i suppose um the other thing that we, i can't believe we haven't haven't mentioned this yet because we managed to sweep a team without marcus smart in in our lineup at all mm -hmm. but um by all accounts marcus smart's recovery is going fairly well i don't know what that means in terms of a return to the court sounds like a pretty severe injury i don't know if we'll see him in the next couple of weeks or so but does that give you any added confidence if marcus smart's to come back later in the series against the bucks do you think that could be the tipping point at all or is it too early to tell well, I, I, I don't know, right? Like, there's, <laughs> but hey, nobody pays us to sit around and say we don't know, which is actually the truth. We, our job is to pretend like we know what's going to happen. Well, nobody <laughs> pays us. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, nobody pays us at not, all. Not yet. Well, they pay us their attention. That's right. Um, so it, uh, Simmons has had this point. Like, it, it does seem like we're a little bit better when we just have like eight guys to play instead of nine yeah right and there is a bit of that eh? like i would prefer marcus to be one of those eight mm -hmm. but um yeah i do wonder about you know like if marcus plays more minutes hayward plays less you know um and if hayward's if hayward's like hayward's been pretty consistent for near on two months now sure you know so hayward's got some money in the bank now um and Haywood's really freaking good, man. Haywood's really good. Um, so I, I like if if Haywood's if Haywood's aggressive offensively, it just changes everything. It just makes him it, it vaults him like way up the picking order because um, because he just makes great decisions. If you can put pressure on the defense and make great decisions and not give up really any mismatches on the on, on the defensive end, like you're a weapon, hmm. you know? Um, and that's what L is, right? You know? Um, and, and smart, I love smart, but he's not, 
he's not going to make quite that sort of impact on this on the series as as, as Hayward is. You know, like a good Hayward's going to make more of an impact on the series than Marcus. And I love Marcus. I will never, ever, ever. He's my favorite forever and ever. <laughs> he's the most Celtic-y Celtic. He is um, the most Celtic Celtic. Yeah. Well, let's hope we see him back uh, in uh, a competitive Buck series. Um, Terry Rogier. I don't have any notes written down about Terry Rogier, but. Um, other than to say that he was surprisingly not terrible this series. <laughs> and even Mook, given, uh, except for I think it was game three where he, he sort of shat the bed a little bit. You know, these guys being the version of themselves they've been this series is another thing going into a, a Buck series that gives me a little added confidence that like maybe we don't always have to dread these guys coming off the bench and walking onto the court maybe they can contribute a little bit and at the very least looking at Terry Rogier's average plus minus over the series a 4.3 we said before the series it just has to not be a net negative and here he is plus 4.3 that's that's not bad yeah, I still they still make me queasy. Uh, like there was a, yeah. the the last shot that Morris hit was this pull up from the free throw line. Yeah, and if you go back and look at the tape, Hayward's like wide on, open. The, on the wing yeah. with his hands up, wide open. Did you see the same? <laughs> yeah, it's got to be so frustrating like, for Hayward. <laughs> I was just like, bruh, like it just so happened that the shots went in, and like looking at Morris's jump shot, like his jump shots, like. It's not really that repeatable. It's super slingy, you know, and he brings the ball up to the left, up to his left. Like, to me, it's a type of shot that's always going to be streaky. Like, Yeah, it's, it, a, it's, it's a bit Lonzo-y, his action, the way that he a little bit swings it around. Especially, like, KD. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, like, guys that bring it up, the, he's, you know, that bring it up to the other side of their head. Apparently, they're, like, right eye dominant or something like that. Like, they've just they've got a different dominant eye. Yeah, right. Mm, apparently apparently interesting um, yeah but i look at that sort of shot and i'm like yeah like like lonzo like that's that's that sort of issue writ large <laughs> very large but but i just look at him like he's always gonna be hot or cold like you can't to me you can't count on him and on just a quick thing on morris though like i sort of feel like we didn't pay him that much he's like I'm not unhappy with the Marcus Morris experience overall. I would just prefer other players to play at this point. Yeah, and on that salary. Um, I think we will see a little bit more Shemi Ojale in a, in a Buck series yeah. purely for the defensive matchup purposes. Surprise starter. Surprise starter. We'll see. I mean, I wouldn't put it past Brad Stevens to, uh, to throw a guy who didn't play a single minute in, uh, in the first oh. round to, to start him in the second round. Um, getting getting back to the Pacers stuff very quickly, we, we should just pause and celebrate the sweep a little bit before moving on to the the dread of a of a Buck series. Um, <laughs> I dread it. <laughs> I'm dreading it a little bit as someone who <laughs> fears the end of a season. You fear um, the dear. Yeah, I, I fear the, uh, a world where there's no Celtics for three or four months. That's and that's oh, yeah, regardless true. of what happens. That's that's coming up. Now, user bum with a good haircut, which I looked at that username and wondered if maybe that was inspired by early season Gordon Hayward writes <laughs> weird game places paces played great the first two quarters fell off in the third and fourth before playing amazing with one minute to play it wasn't enough because our bench was dominant tonight and shot amazing shout out to Gordon for his amazing performance and to Kyrie for managing the last few possessions and hitting his late free throws um free throws that was I seem mm. like it was a problem for both teams like for the majority of the series particularly the paces mm. um it led me to question 
the series highlights and the series lowlights. And I want to kick it off with what is undoubtedly the series lowlight, which is Thad Young's blown layup late in the third game. I think if he made that, they would have either tied the game or gone up to in a a crucial juncture. Um, And like that was a... Like I sometimes go out to the court and practice layups with my left hand and like I struggle hitting them with my right hand my dominant hand and my misses with my left hand are less bad than that different circumstances NBA playoff game totally different vibes I get it but dude like that that was a a brutal miss and Hubie's reaction was priceless (laughs) I mean the series could really look quite different if he'd made that like we could be tied 2-2 you know yeah I mean we probably wouldn't you know but um, yeah, they could have had a really big impact on the series. Like, yeah, that was a shocker, man. Like, I just don't know. Like, I don't know what he was caught between doing. Like, was he trying to reverse it? Like, was he? Like, he should have dunked it. Like, it was pretty uncontested. You know, maybe dunking he... must be really tiring because I look at these guys <laughs> doing layups. What happened? I'm like, if I was two meters tall, I would be dunking every single time i could <laughs> yeah could not tell you could not tell you how that feels um maybe maybe thad young realized at that moment he left the oven on or something or left his back door <laughs> unlocked <laughs> oh shit <laughs> it's gotta be it Mrs. is gonna kill yeah. me. <laughs> um season uh, oh, sorry it's early folks series highlights for you joe uh, mvp of the series any particular moments or plays that stand out for you looking back on the past four games Hmm. Um, no particular moments. This wasn't a moments type series. I feel like this was just like a. This was a. This was a, a, a pattern of behavior series. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this was. This yeah, was. Yeah. This was character. This is character building series. Um. Uh. For me, uh, Corey played generally great. Oh yeah. He really did. Um. For me though, I always felt the most. I felt like Jalen had a really great series. Right, for me, he was the most important guy this series, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to say, because um, he was pretty consistent offensively. Um, and um, Bogdanovich, man, Bogdanovich, they, they brought up a graphic at the end. He shot like 39% from the field this series. You know, that's that's Jalen Brown's impact on that, I think. Yeah, he was huge defensively, uh, and he had that great game, I think, game three as well, where he didn't miss for most of the game, um, mm. which is good to see, because I think defending a player like Bogdanovich at that higher level for that long, you, you can it's sort of understandable that your offensive production would take a hit a little bit, and yet there was that sort of crossover point where he managed to achieve both for a little bit, which was really cool. Um, you mentioned Kyrie. That, that was definitely more than one moment this season where i was like ha ah, yes like that's playoff Kyrie. like finally you know we that trade with it happened so long ago and then obviously we missed him last year and everything this this regular season all the drama and everything it was like finally just like we could enjoy in a vacuum like Kyrie being in green during the playoffs um particularly in i think game one or game two where he hit like 37 points bunch of rebounds bunch of assists like just had like a fucking baller Kyrie game that was really good to see uh a low light, I want to say, for Gordon Hayward in Game Four today, Ouch. <laughs> where Miles Turner basically like pummeled him into the ground. 
that was a that was a spicy poster but um i just wanted to give gordon a hug after that i just felt bad <laughs> for him <laughs> i was watching the replay of it and it was like he was on the ground like walking backwards before turner even dunked the ball like he just sort of seemed to jump too late you know and just yeah. got like like turner was already up there it was like he just jumped up under him and just bounced back down yeah it was it was pretty brutal uh, but look we got the win and he did get an and one on on turner later in the game at a sort of a point in the game that sort of swung it for us you know for overall um which was good. Uh, use Elite Speak writes, sloppy series overall. We could have played a lot better in certain stretches over every game. Going back to our original issue, inconsistency. But we still swept the paces without Marcus Smart. We have a far, far, much lower margin for error with the Bucks. Probably should have read this one out as a segue going into our talk about the Bucks series. Um, but as is the way with very early morning podcasts, it's just ticked over to 6.36 a.m. here. Um Leeds, Leeds speak has a point it, it was a sloppy series but i feel like that's a little bit to be expected given um the pace's formidable defense i i was worried going into this first round in that like it's been difficult to predict the outcome for this team all all season long and you know you could have told me that we would have swept the paces and i would have believed you but you also could have told me we would have lost in five or six games and i, I would have that would have been believable before the series sure. started. Um, so it was sloppy overall, but I'm just, I'm just, man, fucking just glad we got away with the win and that we weren't embarrassed and now we can move on. Yeah, t- totally. Like it's, um, it's like, it's something, you know, like it's, it's like the, the at least the season has some sort of, like it is some, it's like in the NBA, you only get one trophy, right? But like the trophy cabinet's not beer if you win a playoff series. Like it's it's not nothing, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, also, like it feels um, feels like somewhat of an accomplishment to be the first team to have qualified for a you know qualified for a playoff series. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, to move on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's still, I think the Warriors Clippers game is is going on right now. Like, there's been quite a few upsets for teams that probably like would have had easier money on them to sweep, um, and yet those series are still going on. So I don't know. I'm glad that we can kind of relax a little bit, and, and hopefully, I'm not sure what the schedule is like in terms of like is there a larger gap now between the end of this series and the start of the next? Do, do our guys get a bit of a rest heading into game one? But like, that's got to be a good. Shall we picture. Google that? Uh, I feel like it's not the information is not available yet. I've seen the question asked online quite a lot on, on Twitter and Reddit, and it doesn't seem like it's it's scheduled yet. Right. I mean, I guess they kind of can't because we still don't know technically who the winner of <laughs> of Bucks Pistons is. Well, yeah, and I did have a look back at prior post seasons, and if some first rounds wrap up before others do, do they go yeah, ahead they and start the off. second round? And they, they do. So yeah. it might not necessarily be as big a gap as we would like, which is good if you like watching Celtics basketball, but also bad if you consider how old Al Horford looked in the game today and you want him to get as much rest as possible. Um, speaking of which, I'm, I'm just looking at the stats over the series and Al Horford, you know, he wasn't necessarily great. He was fantastic defensively, but he was not great on offense today. Despite that, he averaged basically a double-double over the series, 10 points and 9.7 rebounds, just under five assists and 40% from three. Padded his um, stats a little bit on the rebounds by missing those bunnies. <laughs> Nevertheless, yeah, <laughs> um, I think he had a great series overall. Um, despite a, um, I won't say a bed shitting today, maybe just a bed wetting. 
Um, but yeah, he definitely took a little bit of a dip maybe today. Just a, maybe just a slight dribble. Yeah, <laughs> but you know he had a mattress protector on, so it's it's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, Jason Tatum as well. Uh, Twenty points per game, uh, five rebounds, just very effective overall. I think, and when he starts to hit those shots um, consistently and not hesitate on those threes, like when he just puts them up, when he spots up, essentially, um, yeah. they go down, and that's the kind of um, that. <laughs> my brain is not working this morning. That's the shit we need to see from Tatum going forward. Yeah, quick, quick decision. Tatum is good. Tatum. That's, that's my I mean quick decision anybody is good anybody but to me there's only really two guys I want going dribble 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 and that's Hayward and Irvin totally. um, I don't want any I don't really want anybody else handling the ball oh, smart smart too smart's a good playmaker but I don't really want anybody else taking an extended amount of time with the ball to be honest I don't don't trust them. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I really would like to see Smart back as quickly as possible just for, for that reason alone. Kyrie Irving uh, for the series, 25 points, eight assists, and just over five rebounds. Like, it, There's not really a bad stat that you can nitpick. He just got a steal and a block per game as well. Uh, 90% from the free throw line. Hit 50% of his threes on average over the series. Like The dude, even with today's game, was just incredible. And that's why, you know, just despite how gal- galvanized the team was this time last year, like with Kyrie Irving on our team and a, and a mostly healthy Gordon Hayward, even with the Bucks coming up, um, as, as terrifying as that is, like I'm just recency bias comes into play. Obviously, I've just watched us sweep the bases, but uh, mm. like, I feel good. I, I'm in a good place right now, like mentally, psychologically, and emotionally as a Celtics fan. Yeah, I think I think everyone all is pretty calm right now. I, I just want to make one other point, like just thinking about the Bucks series ahead. Like I've had this kind of realization lately about like we watch the Celtics so so much that like I don't really watch anybody else. Mm-hmm. Fair. Like, I don't like I don't really know the Bucks. I just know that holy smokes, that points differential is unreal and they win by 20 every single night you know um but i don't really know them and we're gonna know them (laughs) in a week and a half's time we're gonna know the bucks man we're gonna have a real handle about how good they are yeah Um, i'm kind of looking forward to that you know like i'm kind of looking forward to learning another team like after this series i'm like man sabonis is a handful like that dude is a handful man. Mm -hmm. like and also, you know, you learn stuff like, man, Miles Turner is a matchup problem for Horford. Totally, like, really big problem, you know. So, um, you, you, there's stuff like that that we just kind of, I'm just too ca- like, I'm not casual about the league, but I just, I don't have the energy to watch anybody else other than the Celtics. And so, I don't know the Bucks yet, you know. And I'm looking forward to meeting them. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna be interesting. I, the, the Bucks that we got to know. This time last year, I I'm gonna fudge this up, but the name of their coach who is now an assistant Joe coach Bunty. for the Suns, Joe yes, Bunty. thank you. Um, takes one Joe to know another. Um, <laughs> he was not a good coach at all, and that was very obvious uh, right off the bat 
in that in that first round series last year uh, with coach bud this time around that's not going to be the case at all he is like an elite coach in this league and and the the tools that he has on the the pieces that he has on the chessboard so to speak um uh ridiculously talented and I'm, I'm afraid of what he will do to us with those pieces um it's going to be a very interesting series like no matter how you slice up the matchups like brad stevens versus coach bud Kyrie trying to prove that he's the best player in the East versus Giannis, who is at the moment clearly the best player in the East, let alone the mm. league. Um, it's going to be an interesting series. It's not going to go four games. Uh, it's going to be very competitive, and um, I'm looking forward to it. And look, if the if the Bucks do win, I'll like they've got my they've got my personal cheer squad for the for the remainder of the right. postseason. Like the, I, I'm the cheering for them. Team. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so too. Like, um. Yeah, if the Nets, unless the Nets, of course, manage to knock off the Sixers, and then they'll be my mistress team. <laughs> yeah, I've been enjoying them um, tormenting the Sixers a little bit, and, yeah. and their fans. That's been great. <laughs> I wish it's the Pistons could happen, do the same. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, look, Joe. Anything else you want to you want to add to this? Any final uh, hot takes on the series gone or the series to come, or any any parting words for the Celtics fans out there? Nah, man, I think I've got it all off my chest. Yeah, might be time for a quick nap or a cup of coffee or maybe another hot crust bun. I'm feeling a nap. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's in my immediate future. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this episode. Thanks, as always, for joining us. Thanks, Tyrek Evans, for keeping the scores close throughout the sweep. And thank you, Joe, for coming on early on a public holiday. Appreciate it, mate. Ben, once again, you're the real hero. You're the real MVP. (laughs) Appreciate it, mate. All right, folks, we'll see you in a week. Go Celts. Peace. See you.